0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here um, on this first post-Christmas show. It is December 27th. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. Uh, Coach will be joining us for about half of the show today. Uh, then he's got some things to take care of on the road. Uh, we will be live until 1 o'clock. We've got uh, some high school talk. We've got some different things that are going to be going on. we got Brody Williams who will be joining us. It's our regular Wednesday show. we got Brody Williams who will be joining us. At noon, the Tarpons are one day away from a three-day tournament over at E.D. White. Lots of teams going over to E.D. White. Lots of really, really good teams going on over to E.D. White. Uh, So if you're looking for things to do, the Core Holiday Invitational is the place to be um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And don't let me discredit the other hosts. I'm I'm saying, hey, man, go to E.D. White. You could also go to Central Catholic in Morgan City and catch Three games a day for the next several days, so we look forward to that over the next several days. As we look forward to, um, you know, seeing how things go with the core holiday invitations. We got Brody at noon. Taylor Griffin will be joining us at twelve fifteen. The Turtle and I will be talking about huh, who knows, maybe LSU's bowl game, which will be on New Year's Day. Um, maybe some Saints, maybe some Pelicans. But we also got to talk about some high school. Turtle got his first look at South Lafouche last week. Uh, We'll chat with him about that and some different things that he's seeing. And then also we got some wrestling that we got to talk about. CM Punk makes his WWE debut last night in in Madison Square Garden. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson over the holiday promised to make-a-wish kid that, quote, he'll be back sooner rather than later in the WWE, whatever that means. Very interesting comments from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, leading a lot of fans to speculate he might be making a comeback this WrestleMania season. But, Coach um we bring you in here it is the wednesday after christmas on monday did you have a good holiday uh no i just was talking to you off there it wasn't necessarily the most traditional and conventional uh but all in all y'all both here everything's all right man how was the holiday bro yeah
1: could have been a little better we got through it though it's all all good good um we're gonna uh take care of some things in the near future hopefully and be even better but we'll uh Save that for another day. Yeah, for but sure. Yeah, it was good. It was good.
0: Did you um? Did you get any particular gift or anything that you liked more than the others? Or I'm wearing one of my. No, gifts. I see that. Rocking my Clippers hat. Like
1: Clippers
0: got a win last night. Unlike some other NBA teams who didn't.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> They find ways, boy. I tell you what. Yeah,
0: they find ways. We'll talk about the turtle with that, or talk about that with the turtle rather. Oh, uh, they yeah, The pelicans are a little bit of a mess heading into the new year. Uh, did you get any gifts, man? Did you get anything that you were excited about?
1: Yeah, we just bought a stuff out, out camper. Really, <laughs> ain't and, nothing wrong uh, with that. Yeah, that, we use that the most. So,
0: look, dude, I, I tell you this. Um, I got, I get so much joy out of. Hey, I like giving gifts, right? I like giving gifts to, you know, the nephews and the godchildren and seeing. And, but but for me, I got a couple of video games, and I like to – I play video games with my nephews and my little cousins and everything. And to, to me, it's reassurance that I'm not as old as I think I am because I play with my little cousins on Madden, and I still blow the brakes off of them. <laughs> so it's always a reminder that, hey, bro, like you're really old, but you're not as old as you think you are. So that's always fun. I had a good time doing that for, for Christmas – um, Here's the thing about Southeast Louisiana. And we are going to get into some sports talk, of course. What is it about us here in Louisiana? Why do we cook so much food? Like, we were at our Christmas Eve celebration. And we do Christmas Eve at my brother's with my dad's side of the family. And it's like 10, 11 o'clock. Everybody, and Christmas Eve, by the way, was a monsoon. So after the monsoon ends... Everybody's starting to, you know, trickle on home and obviously it's clean up time. We're not going to leave my brother with a big mess, so we stick around and we help clean up. Dude, we've had enough food left over to feed like another 70 more people. Like what is it about us in Southeast Louisiana? Why is it that whenever we say, "All right, 10 people are coming over," We cook for five hundred people. Yeah. Why do we do that? It never fails. We always do that. We're always going to do that. What is it about us here in Southeast Louisiana? Why do we do that to ourselves, man?
1: Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, you're right. After you clean up, you love. We can start <laughs> over again. We got enough food, but what gets me is this year. I don't know why the sweets. Ooh.
0: oh my God. My aunt made a cheesecake. Oh my god, to die for!
1: I mean, I just I I can't get away from it. I, I keep that, that's the thing. Autumn sweets.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Look, we had uh we had our, our share as well. I want to do this in the opening segment of the show. There's not really a whole lot of scores to to run down. I mean, teams were kind of getting into their holiday breaks and uh, didn't really play Monday. Obviously, Christmas Day. No one around the state played last night. So the question that I want to ask you, and we're going to go down, and, and we're going to do this throughout the course of the week, district by district, who do you think are, and we'll start in our local 5A district. Right now we've got Central Lafouche, and this is for the boys. Central Lafouche is 10-4, and four, fresh off of a really strong showing at the Walker Tournament where they beat Walker, beat Santa Mont, lost in the championship to University Lab. Terrebonne is 11-5. and five. They're coming in, playing well. Hanville, 10-5. and five. Bourgeois, 10-6. and six. East St. John six and six, but East St. John started off one and six and have won five games in a row, including a win over Franklin Parrish, who's eleven and three in their last game. Thibodeau five and eight, Destrahan O-12. Oh right now, if I, you know, tell you, Brian Colley, you gotta bet the mortgage on one of these teams. Who do you think would be the favorite in our local 5A boys basketball district? Business, like, man, I could tell you this. I don't think the winner of this district is going to be undefeated. I think we're going to have a district champion with two, three, four losses. I think everybody's going to beat everybody else. And I could see this thing being wide open. I lean towards maybe saying Hanville's the favorite. But, boy, you don't want to bet against Bourgeois. Central Lefouche is playing well. Terrebonne's playing like This is a wide open local district. Wide open.
1: It is. And if, you, if I had to pick one right now, uh, I would – Lean to Hornville, uh, but I, I wouldn't. I'm not very comfortable with, with that pick. If I had to pick one, that's what I'd go go with right now. But if uh, you give me a, a day or two to look at things, and I, I think possibly that district can come down to the winner of Terrebonne and H.L. Bourgeois.
0: The reason why I would lean Hanville right now is mostly looking at common opponents. They beat Jesuit 57-54. to Bourgeois lost to Jesuit very close, so you can't really read too much there. The one thing that gives me an edge towards Hanville, they beat Santa Mine by 27. That's a very impressive one. That was super early in the year. Super early in the year. Um, but you're right. If you told me today, all right, well, bourgeois is going to be the district champion. Like I wouldn't laugh at that. You told me, well, oh, a going to win it. I wouldn't laugh at that. East St. John's forgotten about they're playing better. I wouldn't laugh at that either, but the fly in the ointment, the team that can maybe shock them all is the team that went to the Walker tournament last week. Those central LeFouche Trojans, boy, I don't want to play them because they've got something going for them that maybe no one else in the district has. They might have the best player in the district in Evan Griffin, who's scoring 25, 30, 35, 40 points at times. When he gets rolling and he has one of those nights and you can't slow him down, they could beat anybody on any given Thursday or Tuesday or Friday. The Trojans are going to be a very difficult team to slow down in this district.
1: Yeah, and I think when it gets in a district play, the Trojans are going to have to find another uh, couple of guys to step up because... I think teams are going to start trying to take Griffin away. Easier said than done, but I think they're going to try and take him away and make someone else beat them. And uh, But you're right, Dickie come up, and they're going to have a say uh, when it's all said and done in this district.
0: Yeah, you look at their schedule. They lost close to Southside by four points over at the Thibodeau tournament. Denham Springs beat them pretty good. Um, then they lost to Patterson, which actually is ending up not being as great of a result, Because Patterson has started off slow 5-9 and nine on the year. Uh, but, boy, lately they have been really strong. They get the win over Santa Monica, get the win over Walker, and then lose to University Lab over at the tournament there. They open up district play on January 5th, which is next week, and their first game at Terrebonne. Talk about a war there. That's a 50-50 matchup, true toss-up. That is going to be a, um, how you say that, a measuring stick game for both teams. But here's the interesting thing about Terrebonne, right? Okay, yeah, that's the district opener for Central Lafouche. Terrebonne's got a whole stretch of games before then. Terrebonne's got to play Shaw, E.D. White, and Lutcher this week over at E.D. White. And then they open up district the Tuesday before next Friday at HL Bourgeois. So Terrebonne's Good got up. four games to go before even seeing that Central Lafouche team. And they've got a lot of ground that they can make. Boy, you beat a Shaw, you beat an E.D. White, you could earn a crap ton of power points before you even get to that game that we were just talking about.
1: Yeah, it, it, look, it's going to be big. That district is going to be super tough. And uh, you you can't come out and say right now, like this team is the odds-on favorite by far because it, it's uh, it's so competitive. And, uh, man, you very, you touched very little when he's saying, John, I think the only team, and, it is, and it's being honest, out of the, the picture is going to be Dash. Yeah, man.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Yes, we didn't talk about Thibodeau. Thibodeau was playing with Jesuit for two and a half, three quarters. That's a good point. (laughs) um, They, on any given night, could give you hell as well. Now, we're going to cover our local 4A district, and then we'll catch a break, and then we'll get to the rest of the district throughout the course of the week. Our local 4A district, look, man, I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat this. There's no other way to slice this up. Vanderbilt is far and away the best team on the boys' side, and really on the girls' side, but we're talking boys now. In our local district, the race right now in our boys' side is who's going to be in a prominent position to maybe finish as district runners-up. And I got to tell you, the the pool of teams chasing them is not all that impressive. Letcher is four and six. Morgan City's five and nine. Ellen five and eleven. South Lafouche is two and seven. South Terrebonne is two and eight. Assumption's zero oh and nine. Um, it we run out of depth of talent in this district pretty quick. Who's going to step up and take that runner-up position, Coach Brian Colley? Because, man, it is Vanderbilt. Then we're climbing down the ladder four or five rungs, and then it's everybody else. I
1: have not seen Lutcher. I have not seen Morgan City. Um, So it's kind of tough with those two teams. I have not seen Assumption.
0: Uh, but the, the thing about Assumption, their scores are nasty. Yeah, I mean, they've, been, they've been getting blasted by everybody.
1: Um I I would lean Man, I, Ellender? Ellender, but I, but I I would Ellender Lutcher. I have not seen Lutcher play. I know they got a few wins. Uh but I, I would – does getting better and better. They still have a ways to go. If you ask uh, Coach Scott, he would agree. Because, I mean, <laughs> after the game, his comment, <laughs> you know, they, they have a ways to go. But, um, yeah, I, I would say one of those two teams.
0: What – you know, look, the, the Tarpons open up district play. um, And, you know, what's unique about this for them is they open up district at home against South Terrebonne. Then we're making the road trip to Lutcher. Then it's home against Assumption. You should be fav- favored in two of those three. And you know, if you could go on the road and steal that one at Lutcher, you could maybe be three and oh. Like you play Vanderbilt last. And I think that gives you an advantage because I think Vanderbilt's going to demoralize a lot of these teams and beat them pretty badly. You don't play them la- until last. So there's a situation where you could have put a lot of the hay in the barn before you ever even see them. Those are going to be some big early district games for the Tarpons to maybe give themselves a chance to you know start building some momentum up
1: yeah and you're talking about improving I, I you would think and i think they're going to improve throughout the season they're a young basketball team uh they're going to get better and better and uh yeah you're right it's a, a big start to their district play when they they come up they can take them games but casey uh before they get into district the Torpens, Don't play in the tank again until January, what, 23rd or something like that against Patterson?
0: Yep. January 23rd against Patterson. That is more than a month away. So they're going to have,
1: like, at least 10 games. You got three tournament games uh, coming up at EDY, three tournament games at St. Charles. That's six games there. And I think you got maybe got four other games in, in the mix in there. Sal
0: home Homer Christian, Central Catholic Assumption. Yeah. So
1: that, that's like 10 games that they're going to have away from the tank in a row. Um, That'd be some big games for them. Because uh, if they can win some of them, you get some momentum coming back at the end of January.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Got to survive the tournament. You got a tough, tough draw. Bell Chase, Shaw, and E.D. White. Look, let's catch our first break when we get back. We'll kind of do the same thing on the girls. We'll talk about the 5A girls district, the 4A girls district, and then we'll get to Coach Brody Williams. And then a little later in the week, we'll break down 3A, 2A, and 1A. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this.
3: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three- and two-stall restrooms, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere. Call 24-7. Planning an event? Visit joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi.
4: Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
5: It's bourbon season. Join Rouse's Markets Bourbon Society and be first to hear about limited-run bourbons and new releases. Rouse's Bourbon Society is for bourbon enthusiasts searching for bourbon baskets and hard-to-find bourbons at retail prices. It's also for bourbon beginners who want to expand their understanding of bourbon's unique culture and heritage. Email cheers at rouse's.com and sign up today to learn more about bourbon brands as well as other whiskeys like scotch. That's cheers at Rouse's Rouses Markets, the official supermarket of the Saints.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. We kind of broke down uh, a little. Preview of some district action um, in our five A and four A boys basketball districts. Now we do the same on the girls, where actually the girls have actually started district play, which is why we wanted to kind of knock this out of the park today. Hanville in our local girls five A district is thirteen and two, and they have a twenty three point win over Central Lafouche. Thibodeau is nine and six, and they have a twenty point win over Terrebonne. Destrehan is seven and five, and they got what I would consider an upset win at East St. John earlier in the season. Um, uh, so they're all 1-0. East St. John's 0-1 in district. They're 11-5 overall. Central Lafouche 7-8 and, and is 0-1 in district. Bourgeois 4-5 has not yet started district. Terrebonne 5-9 and, and is 0-1. How we were talking about on the boys 5A side where, oh, everybody's pretty much the same, but except Destrehan, I don't think that that's the case here in the local 5A girls district. I think Hanville is above everybody else. Maybe a little below them would be your Thibodeaux, your Destran's, and your East St. John's. But then after that, Central Lafouche, Bourgeois, Terrebonne, I think are well below the pack and, and are not going to be able to compete with the top teams. I think that there's a lot more separation in our local 5A girls' district. I would put Hanville out front. They're 13-2 and, two, uh, 13 and two for a reason. But then I think that uh, Thibodeaux and Destran could knock them off on any given night. Same with East St. John. After that, we're looking at a big drop-off.
1: Yeah, I think Honville and being- uh, Thibodeau is kind of a, uh, a wild card. They can come in, like you just mentioned, they can beat you any night uh, of the week, but Hornville would be at, at the top, and uh maybe uh, Thibodeau and another River Parish team would be a second.
0: You know, the crazy thing about Hanville is they're 13-2, and two and they have some good wins. They beat Warren Easton. They beat Carr. I mean, they have some good wins. They beat Watchtah Christian. That's a nine-win team. But their strength of schedule, other than that, is not very good. And that's the reason why, if you go and look at the power ratings right now, you would expect them to be with that record very much up there. They're not. They're right now sitting at 14. They would be struggling to have a home game despite being 13 and 2. They're just two spots ahead of Thibodeau, who's 9 and 6. Say, well, how could that be? How could you have that much of a better record? Well, Thibodeau has that much of a better schedule. Thibodeau has beaten 12 and 1 St. Martinville, they have beaten 10 and 4 Lagrange. They have played 18-0 Walker. They have played 13-4 Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. They have played 10-3 East Ascension. They beat recently 9-2 Plaquem. And Coach Barba has done a good job making that schedule. And, dude, you know this. I wouldn't say uh, probably 50% of the battle when you're doing this stuff and you have a solid team. Like, Look, you got to have the Jimmies and the Joes, and you got to win some games. But 50% of the battle is how you construct your schedule thibodeau frankly has a better schedule than Hanville does and that's the reason why they could be nine and six Hanville could be 13 and two but yet they're right up against one another in terms of the power ratings because thibodeau has played some peeler competition won some of those games and it's powering them right now
1: yeah look that's a big part uh it's scheduling is part of the system that you in, and you have to schedule and you have to have some luck also at you go off a of last year's schedule and you look, okay, this team finished uh, with this record. Uh, if they can win that many games again this year and we can compete and beat them, it's going to help us out. But then when you actually get into the season, the team that you thought they were, they're not because people transfer, they leave. And if they leave, uh, that can hurt that team or some other teams. Well, they get transfers in and they're a lot better. So, uh, you're going to have some luck in, in, involved in there uh, in, in your schedule. But, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a big part uh, of it, uh, how you schedule. And bottom line is you still got to win.
0: Destran is the team to look out for, in my opinion, the team that is kind of flying under the radar. They started off 4-0. One of those four wins was a win against South Lafourche. Then they lost five in a row. So they were 4-5. Losing to Carr, Vanderbilt, Denham Springs, Walker, and Ponchatoula. That's all big dogs. But then lately, they have been better. And they got a road win to start district at East St. John 55-45. to Tonight, they play a huge game. Yeah, it is tonight. A huge game. They're hosting Thibodeau in a district matchup. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to learn a lot more about both of these teams. They're both 1-0 and coming in. Thibodeau 9-6, and Destran 7-5. and that is a big old district game out at Destrahan, out in the Norco area. Big game tonight for Coach Barba and her team. Big game for Destrahan. That's the biggest game of the night in the area tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, um, but I, and again, it's tough, man, starting district this early in the season. It's, uh, that's tough, but the girls are always a week or so ahead of the boys.
0: Our local 4A girls district, same as the boys. Um, Vanderbilt is a clear head and shoulders above everyone else because we got some teams that are traditionally some of the better teams that are kind of down a little bit this year. Um, Ellender's not as strong. But you know what's crazy is that as I'm looking at it on go preps, the team actually with the best record in the district right now are the Letcher Bulldogs. They're 7-4. and four. Now I don't think that they're going to be able to challenge Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt has played a very, really tough schedule, and they're seven and five. Uh, Assumption six and seven, South Lafouche seven and nine, Ellen five and 11, South Terrebonne, two and nine, Morgan City two and 10. This is Vanderbilt at the top of the mountain, everybody else chasing. I think that Lutcher, South Lafouche, and Assumption are in good positions to chase the runner-up. and I think those teams also can make the postseason as well. It'll be interesting the matchups, okay? South Lafouche is playing at Lutcher. South LaFouche is playing, let's see, uh, at Ellender. So some of this stuff might come down to who's playing who where. They're hosting Assumption, and I think that this is going to be very fun to follow because, remember, only one round. If you could upset this team, you don't have to see them again, but I think it's going to be really kind of a race for second place in our local girls' A district.
1: Yeah, look, and the Lady Tarpons, if they can get hot from the outside and make <laughs> some three-point shots, they can come up and beat you any night also. Yeah. With, uh, with their style of play now, if they get the ball inside, they can shoot a lot of foul shots and um, don't sleep on the Lady Torpens.
0: They've got some big ones coming up. Um, they play East Ascension tonight. That's a ten and three team. If you could go on the road and beat them, that'd be great. They've got a big one with Ed White coming up. I think they could play with Ed White and the Car, Terrebonne, Dominican, Mount Cormel, it's gonna end up being coach these non-district games that are gonna end up deciding whether or not the Lady Tarpons get in or not. Right now they're sitting, I believe, at number thirty in Division One non-select. You got to get to, to twenty-eight. Yeah, they're thirtieth right now. It's gonna be how they handle those non-district games outside of district play. That's gonna determine whether or not Coach Jenkins and her team ends up making it to postseason.
1: Yeah, and I think their their district schedule, won't hurt them as bad as, as I think will hurt the boys on, on their side. I think the girls uh district schedule for the, with the lady Tarpons, their teams are winning a little bit more games, so that could help them.
0: and Vanderbilt right now sitting at number two in Division two select saw them play e d white a couple nights ago. They looked dominant um they're rooting for some of their district teams to pick up some wins here down the stretch. South Lafouche seven, Assumption six, Lutcher seven. That's okay, but they're rooting for Morgan City and South Terrebonne and Ellender to kind of bring up the rear a little bit because you don't want to be in a situation. Look, their last three games of the year, Morgan City two wins, South Terrebonne two wins, Ellender five wins. You don't want to be in a situation last week of the year where you need some points and can't get any yeah. and maybe lose a couple of spots of seating because of it. So they are going to be rooting very heavily for some of those other teams in the district to kind of raise the floor a little bit before postseason begins.
1: I didn't realize Morgan City and South Terrebonne only two wins apiece. That's tough. I thought there were more than that.
0: Yeah, that's tough. I think South Terrebonne has three. I think they didn't report a win against Terrebonne last week yet, which... The fact that that game was played last week and is not reported is uh, another story for another day. Yeah, they, they, they. I apologize. They have three wins. They beat Terrebonne. That game is not reported for whatever reason, uh, but they do have three wins. But even still, uh, they're going to be rooting for a lot of those teams to get some wins to try to boost up their positioning. So we looked at our five A and four A boys and girls districts. Let's first catch a break or second catch a break now. We're going to have Brody Williams on. The Tarpons are going to the E.D. White Core Holiday Invitational. E.D. White and Central Catholic Core Holiday Invitational. They've got dates with Bell Chase, Shaw, and the host, E.D. White, one of the hosts. And uh, we will be looking forward to seeing how Coach Williams and his team have made some strides over the holidays. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this.
5: season's greetings from aj leblanc and the staff at leblanc insurance Agency. you keep us glowing and bright all year round and we look forward caring for your needs in the coming year happy holidays and have a great new year god bless all of you aj leblanc hello friends and family taylor griffin here back again to talk about do friend building materials
6: did you know that we have a new updated online order system called do friend easy buy Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Do Friend difference.
0: 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through. No appointment necessary. 3T oil change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798 7401. Proud supporter of South LaFoo Sports. 3T oil change says good. tarvens! It is a Wednesday play-by-play, which means that at noon we make the trip over to South Lafouche and have Coach Brody Williams on the line. He is the head boys basketball coach of the Tarpons. Coach Brody, Merry late Christmas to you and yours, my man. How are we doing today? let I hope everything was a uh, good for holiday. Yep, man. Uh, busy time for the Tarpons. You guys are approaching three games in three days coming up, all against pretty tough competition. You got Bell Chase. You got Shaw. You got E.D. White. Three big tests for your team. Uh, How are you guys looking over the holidays and practices to try to get better?
7: Yeah, we, uh, you know, just trying to improve on what we already kind of established, trying to find some consistency. Uh, Tough game, last game we played against Allen. I thought that was a very winnable game, and we kind of just uh, let slip. Those games we can't afford to let slip out of our hands, and uh, we did. So... um, just trying to get better, uh, you know, offensively scoring a little bit and defensively, just trying to find a little more consistency in the starting lineup and who we play, things like that. So, um, you know, this week will be a, a big test because uh, we're playing some really good competition.
0: Is is learning how to win a tangible skill? Because we hear often coaches say, "Hey, the last two three minutes of the game, my team just found a way." This year it's been a little bit opposite. With the exception of the Destrehan game, when you guys have been in close games, it's not going well. The home opener against Thibodeau had chances there, lost it late. When you rematched Thibodeau at Vanderbilt, lost it late. Lost to Central Lafouche late, lost to Ellen there in overtime. Is that just a situation where your young team just doesn't know how to handle those situations all the way yet?
7: I think it's a combination of things. I think uh, you know lack of experience could be could be that, but I think, you know, on my end. From the coaching standpoint, I could have done things better. Uh, called timeouts in certain situations. Uh, you know, just thinking back to some games, Central could have um, could have slowed down a lot at the end when we had to lead and could have um, could have maybe went to a man at the end to throw them off so they didn't get a wide open three point shot. You know, different things that we um, that we could have combated on the coaching staff wise. So I think it's a combination of that and. And when you have some guys uh, that you know, haven't played varsity ball, it might you know might be a big moment for him. Might be a little bit of uh, shell shock, a little bit. And I think uh, also from my standpoint, uh, we haven't had a consistent starting five, or so we haven't had a group that can really gel and chem- and you know have chemistry together. And I think part of it is uh, you know when people make mistakes, you know I kind of want to get someone in there, but maybe let some of the kids play through those mistakes. Um, Is going to maybe help us in
0: the future. That was kind of the next question. I'm glad you said that, man. It feels like you guys are just trying desperately to find a five-person group that has chemistry, that's all playing together, that has the effort. I mean, at times you guys are subbing three and four guys out at a time, playing ninth graders, playing tenth graders. Just trying to – the expression is throw something at the wall, see what sticks – How difficult is that as a coach when you don't really have an idea of what your rotations are and you're just kind of trying to figure it out on the fly?
7: Yeah, that's honestly, I tell uh, Coach Gidry and Coach Dickinson, that's that's the most frustrating part uh, that I've never really experienced. I feel like every year that I've been either a part of a coaching staff or even last year, we always kind of had an idea. That's who was going to start. It might one or two people might change because of certain circumstances, but usually you got the same starters and same people coming off the bench. And every once in a while you get some outliers in there. But um, this year has been very inconsistent, and I'm, and I'm going to attribute that to to myself. I need to do a better job of in practice uh, evaluating and, and letting kids play through the mistakes. Sometimes I want to micromanage and uh, and and when they make a mistake, kind of like take someone out. But then you don't let them play through those mistakes, and they feel like they uh, you know, they play kind of scared when they get back to you. So um, that's some things we're going to do is let them kind of make some mistakes, uh, play through those mistakes, and just try to encourage them, and hopefully through that they'll, uh, they'll get better and we'll find some consistency.
0: So it becomes almost like a balancing act, right? Because I'm going to use two kids as an example, or really three kids, Bo Georges, Cullen Santamont, and Carter Cantra. They're ninth graders who are getting varsity time. But sometimes their role fluctuates. Sometimes, you know, Bo's playing a little more. Sometimes Cullen's playing a little more. Sometimes Carter's playing a little more. But other games, they're not really not doing a whole lot. So how do you juggle making sure that they get reps with the junior varsity and freshman team so that they're continuing to develop, but are also staying fresh for when you guys need them on the varsity team? Because... You no, know, at the end of the day, you're 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 going to be judged based on your varsity record. It's got to be a little bit of a balancing act there, and that's got to be something that's that's pretty difficult for you to juggle throughout the course of the week.
7: Yeah, that that was one of those, like, I, in my opinion, just from um, evaluating some of the things we've done. I think you know Cullen and uh, Sanamon and and uh, Cantrell. I think they're they're more they're better used off the bench. I think they bring a spark when they come off the bench. Uh, so, you know, when the, the games they did start, um, they didn't play junior varsity, but I think no matter what, they got to play JV and junior varsity and possibly maybe look at it, maybe even playing some freshman games. Um, they just get a lot of reps, a lot of game reps, some with their age, some not their age. Um, but, uh, same thing with Bo Jarrett. He wasn't playing JV at the beginning and, uh, now he is cause, i, I kind of we kind of talked to him and we saw you know he was lacking some confidence in this game and we just want to build him up we know he has the bright future uh he's just young you know and it, he, he, i know it might be uh the thing is he had a lot of success in football and um, you know he's he not he's not that he's not having success now he's just he's a little bit more of an ad, uh, uh, adjustment uh, middle school basketball to high school basketball and uh, I think he's struggling a little bit with that, but getting those JV minutes, I'm starting to see that confidence coming back, and just making sure they're getting reps, and uh, they you know, get some good minutes off the bench, and I think they bring more of a spark off the bench for us, uh, for varsity.
0: You know, every coach that we talk to these days is saying, man, I got three, four, five kids that are out sick. Last week, we had some teams postpone some games, because they didn't have enough players to play. <laughs> I know you guys had Terrence Petrie, who had a little bit of a flu bug. Have you been able to mostly isolate that just to him, or is it kind of passing around the locker room a little bit?
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm a knock on wood as a fit is, but nobody's, everybody's been in practice. Nobody's been sick. Uh, good. It was just really Terrence Pete, and uh, so just knock on wood, but yeah, now everything's
0: good. That's good. Look, uh, taking on Bell Chase first tomorrow over at the Core Holiday Invitational. They're 7-7, seven and seven, which is uh, a pretty strong start to the year given their schedule. What are some things you see in the Cardinals on film and what are some things you guys got to do well to try to get that first tournament win?
7: Uh, they're big, they're very long, they're guards, uh, and they've and they got a big guy inside. You know, he can dunk very easily, he's very physical. Um, not, not a super great shooter, but he just you know bangs inside, rebounds the ball well. Uh, you know they're aggressive they can score well they got some uh some some, some good shooters from the outside and some guys that can really attack the so you know they and they're well coached they're running good offense they play pretty good defense I mean, you know mostly man to man and um you know it's just gonna be if we can match up with it and i think i told the kids this too um if you look at all the games that we've lost a lot of times we're losing the uh rebounding battle I and mean, you know that's one thing i'm kind of disappointed in this year we we're not rebounding as well as I would like on both ends of the floor. Uh, and, and that's gonna be a um, a struggle that, that we could struggle with that against Bell Chase if we you know if we don't go out and execute and box out as like well because they big and they attack the boards and if we get our rebounders, it's gonna be a long night. So uh, that's been a point of emphasis uh, in practice rebounding
0: Look dude these are the dog days of the season right now. You guys are having to the practice. There's no school for two weeks. People have, you know, family over for the holidays. The kids are wanting to go play their PlayStation Five that they got for Christmas. And look, when you're seven and two, it's easy to keep everybody pulling in the same direction. When you're two and seven, it's a little bit different. What's the mood and the vibe been like? Have the boys been energetic and excited about these holiday practices, or has it kind of been a little bit sluggish? No, I,
7: I thought yesterday's practice was. Uh, our, it was our first practice back from Christmas, and I thought they. Um... I thought they responded well, and I think they, they kind of know if we keep working. You know, the, the winnings take care of itself, and you can only take one game at a time, and that's kind of what we tell them. Like, don't don't get discouraged and, like, just do just control what you can control and on to the next one. You know, you, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but just the main goal is to just get better individually and as a team um, and, and just play. And and through that, you know, wins are gonna eventually come. But we just kind of just stick to it and and stick together and not uh, you know not tear each other apart and stuff like that. So that's kind of been the message: is we are keep working. I'll work the opponent, and uh, good things are gonna happen.
0: Do you adjust your rotations any during a tournament? I know we had Andrew Kyawet on, and he said, "Hey man, look, I'm gonna play some more kids uh, early in the tournament to try to rest my legs for that third day." Is it a situation where you guys open it up uh, uh, a little bit and play a little more to try to preserve some energy, or is it, hey, we're going full steam ahead trying to win one day at a time?
7: Yeah, we're going to try to win one day at a time. Uh, I don't know if we have the luxury to, you know, play 12, 15 guys, um, you know, start 12, 15 different guys or whatever. So we're going to try to take one day at a time and, and try to win that game, and then we'll just if we win, lose, we will on to the next one, and focus on the next opponent each uh, day by day.
0: There you go. Sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for the time, brother. Good luck this week. We'll uh, look forward to watching the Tarpons play. All
7: right, thank you, Casey. Appreciate
0: it. Yep, there's Coach Brody Williams. Um, look, man, they're two and seven. Uh, you give them the Thibodeau game um, at Vanderbilt. That's three and six. You give them the Central Lafouche game at home. That's four and five you give them the Ellender game, that's five and four. If they could do a little better in these close situations, this season could look a whole lot different, but that's the byproduct of youth and that's the byproduct of inexperience. And they're not able to win those just yet. Just got to keep progressing and eventually I think you'll be able to break that rock. Um, But the most important thing for them is to keep everybody pulling in the same direction through what's been a rough start to the year.
1: Yeah, just keep working and they're going to get better as the season goes on. And, uh, see where you stand at the end of the season but uh just from listening to your little interview there uh just a little message of coach brody keep confidence in yourself man you, you uh you're there for a reason uh you know don't second guess yourself all the time you're doing a good job these guys are going to uh it, it, it's gonna break for you they're young and when they, they play hard and it, it, it's going to happen. It's just gonna, like you mentioned, it's gonna take some patience and sticking, sticking together. And if they do that, they'll be, they'll be fine at the end of the season. They, they're gonna improve.
0: I want to get you guys the times for the games there, and I know we got to cut you loose here in just a second, but I want to make sure that we shout out when exactly the Tarpons are playing over at the Core Holiday Invitational. I know I saw that share just a second ago. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. The Tarpons are playing over at the Ed White Core Holiday Invitational. They are playing tomorrow at 4.30 over at E.D. White, Friday at 6 o'clock against Shaw over at E.D. White, and then Saturday at 4 o'clock against E.D. White uh, at E.D. White. So they're not going to play any of their games at Central Catholic. Tomorrow's game schedule, I'll just read you the full schedule, at E.D. White, 4.30, Bell Chase and South Lafouche. The, the, again, these games are in Thibodeau. 6 o'clock, Lutcher and Brulee. Brulee's undefeated on the year. They're incredible. Lutcher will have a chance to take them down. HL Bourgeois against E.D. White. Those are the three games in Thibodeau. In Morgan City, we might have the game of the day over at Central Catholic. At 4.30, Shaw's taking on Terrebonne. That'll be a great game. 6 o'clock, Assumption taking on Berwick. And 7.30, Morgan City taking on Central Catholic of Morgan City. So, got some good ones. Six big games. The core Holiday, Invitational, always a great time. Best of luck to all the teams who'll be competing.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a a great tournament. And Good for the tarpons. They don't have to go, and I say all the way to Patterson, but uh, it's a lot closer to the White. So that's good. You can play your three games there.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we got Taylor Griffin, who will be lined up. we got so much to talk with the turtle about. And uh, we bid our guy, Coach Kyle Adub, do do. Be, be careful on the roads, my man. Uh, you've been listening to Play by Play. We'll be right back after this.
5: While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road 325 1000. Chevy find new roads. Price is priority.
4: Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply.
2: Visit us at Let'sRev.biz, Rev Business.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on Kaley B. Casey Claire here. Coach Brian Collie just took off, has a little bit of business to tend to on the road. We go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we have our guy, Taylor Griffin. It's his usual Wednesday interview turtle. Good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today?
6: Hey, doing just fine. How
0: you doing? Good, bro. Very special Christmas, I'm sure, for you and the fam. Uh, You know, anytime you got a little one, the holidays are a little extra joyous. We asked Brian what his Christmas plans were and what they did. I shared some of mine. How was Christmas in the Griffin household, brother?
6: Between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we made our rounds, uh, came down the bayou to see my family. We went to a few different spots in Thibodeau to hit Whitney's family members. And uh, just a lot of lot of food, a lot of, uh, you know, just good times hanging out, a little bit of drinking in the mix, and some, some gift exchanges. And, of course, uh, like you said, it was a little extra special this year with – Little one year old with his first, uh, at least not his first Christmas, but the first one he's uh, at least somewhat awake and somewhat aware for. As he was <laughs> sleeping through most of it last year uh, as a as a two month old. But uh, but yeah, man, it was uh, it was good. Uh, no complaints here. It was a good, happy, bright, and merry Christmas, all of us.
0: Look, dude, I, I'm a big you know Christmas turkey, Christmas gumbo, Christmas ham guy, rice dressing, all that stuff, but. What really gets me are the sweets, bro. You got you know, custard tart, you got fudge, you got cookies, you got, you know, uh, my aunt made a, an amazing cheesecake. What What is it that gets you, bro? Because, look, I eat light for lunch and save room for all the, the, the junk later. Are you a sweets guy or are you more of a main dish guy?
6: Oh, I'm definitely, definitely a sweets guy. I mean, look, I love I love the, the gumbo and ham and all that just as much as everyone else. But uh, the sweets, I... Uh, definitely hurt myself on those i was uh digging into cheesecake and bouillie and uh pecan pie i mean you you name it it was there and then everyone everyone who doesn't want to make a dessert decides to to chip in by bringing you know like some sort of dark chocolate sea salt caramel some kind of fancy candy in in a foil wrapper i mean even just anything I could get my hands on on the sweet table. It was uh, I put a hurting on it
0: for sure. Yeah, you and me both, my man. Look, you got your first opportunity to see the Tarpons last week on the boys' side. They lose forty-nine to forty-three against Ellender. We had Brody Williams on in the last segment of the show, and one of the things we were talking to him about is, man, look, you're two and seven, but you could just as easily be five and four. You lost a two-point game to Thibodeau lost a three-point game to Central Lafouche which he led in the final minute, lost in overtime to Ellender. You flip those three results around, you're 5 and 4 right now, not 2 and 7 and the whole conversation is different. But unfortunately, you're not able to flip those results around and it's a young team and Birdie was kind of saying, "Hey man, like we just got to figure out how to pull through in those tight environments." And he said, "Hey, part of that is on the kids, part of that is on me. I got to do a better job." Bro, you've had some of those teams where it just can't quite break through. That's got to be frustrating as heck, man. They're trying, they're working hard, but just can't quite break through when the game is on the line late.
6: Yeah, man. Those uh, those those games are really tough to uh, to be a part of. Uh, no matter what angle you you're coming in from, um, you know, I, it it could be a number of factors. But uh, you know, all all year. You know and i'm sure people are going to be tired of hearing it because it'll sound like an excuse but it's you know that it's going to be that comes with the youth that comes with the youth that's what happens you know it's it's a it's a process it's a growth thing and you know while, while that is somewhat true you know um these guys are uh you know as far as positives to pull from it, it these guys are learning from it it's uh as long as they take <clears throat> what they're suffering from right now work on it in practice and take a step forward you know just make sure every day at the end of practice you feel like you took a step forward that day and that's you know that's all you could ask of the, guy. the the all this this youth that we speak of you know you got you got key freshmen and sophomores you know playing a lot of minutes here It'll only help for the future. You know, all you could do is, uh, <clears throat> you know, you stay on those guys. And the number one thing to tell them, you know, when, when they get down on themselves, you know, because you know they're suffering. You, you know, as a fan, it, it sucks for us. As a coach, I know it sucks for Coach Williams. Um, <clears throat> the one thing you got to tell your guys, when you see them get down on themselves and you see them upset at the end of the game you know a good a good reminder um like hey man, I didn't pull you you know I still got you in the mix i'm i'm still I'm still hard on you in practice it's uh i I haven't lost my confidence in you that should tell you something that should tell you guys something and that that would be just the perfect little emotional boost to really get the guys feeling like you know they uh that growth is happening that coach still believes in me. You know, we got to get this done. We got to figure this out. We got to, we got to grow from it. We got to learn from it. And as the season goes on, you're gonna see, you're gonna see some of those games start to swing in your direction. It's, uh, you know, whether it be missed free throws, whether it be turnovers, whether it be not handling the pressure. I mean, it's a little bit of all of that that I saw the other night. But it's still, it's still early in the season, and there's, there's time for these guys to grow. I think they'll be fine. They'll, they'll figure it out.
0: One of the things that is most interesting, and Coach Brody Williams talked about this in the last segment, is that it becomes almost like a chess game, right? Where, okay, you got, you know, Carter Cantrell, Cullen Santamont, um, you know, Bo Georges. You got a lot of these ninth graders who are playing varsity minutes for a varsity team that's kind of struggling. And Brody was saying, hey, man, like, I don't want their only experience this season to be you know, struggling through a varsity season when you're a 14-year-old facing 18 and 19-year-olds. So he said, hey, we we also want those kids to play JV and maybe even freshmen in some instances because we want them to understand and know what it feels like to deliver an ass whooping too. We don't want it to only be you getting your butt kicked. We want you to develop that confidence playing against the kids your age. But then on the flip side to that, you want them to have their legs for the varsity game and you want them to be fresh because you're judged by your varsity record. Like it's a big old chess match and a big old puzzle. But I do like what he's saying there is hey, man, we don't want it to all be you're the ninth grader facing 12th graders. We want you to face the kids your age, too.
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, the crazy funny unique thing is uh you know they were facing kids their age against yeah. <laughs> Alabama a very young team with multiple freshmen. Uh I, I wanna say they had two or three freshmen starting, but uh but no that that uh, that little joke aside, um you know, he's he's got a good point. You know, you you do want your guys to also be able to build confidence throughout the season. And I know you said, you know, save you wanna save their legs, you wanna do this, you wanna do that. These guys will be fine. You know, don't worry about their legs. I if you if you had a guy who you needed to start varsity for you and play major minutes over half of the game, then yeah, maybe you don't play him in the JV game right before. But you know, the other night I think we saw nine or 10 different guys contribute to varsity. You know, we saw we saw some freshmen, we saw some sophomores, we saw guys who who should have you know, probably had a little bit of JV contribution that night too, but they were they were withheld. You know, I, I would I wouldn't worry so much about their legs, man. They they're in the best shape of their lives. You know, um, right right now this is the time, man. Just it's only gonna help them. It's it's extra conditioning. Um, I would uh I wouldn't be hesitant at all. You know, I, I've I've played back to back games before. You know, I, I've I, all of my teammates, everyone I grew up with. You know. Now, someone who was starting in the varsity game, expected to play the majority of the minutes, they were they were held from JV. But if you got guys just in and out of the rotation here and there, might get a quarter or two at the most. You know, just go ahead and let them, let them play back to back. Let them. It'll help them build the confidence for that same night when you're going to use them later, instead of them just coming in cold as a 14 year old facing an 18 year old and the, the first the first drop of sweat that night is him hustling up and down the floor to try to keep up or break the press of an 18 year old varsity squad like and just mix it up I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate at all man I, I wouldn't be worried about their legs unless unless you plan on using them the entire game and if you got a guy who happens to play the whole JV game and things happen and you need him in the end and JV goes into overtime and then all of a sudden he gets in the flow of the varsity game and and he's on fire and he's rolling and he's playing his seventh quarter that night and and you don't want to pull him man he'll tell you if his legs are hurt let the guy roll you know that's what rest and recovery the day after for so I I, I would just uh I, I, would, I would let him roll man just go for it
0: Look, last Wednesday when we had you on, I think it was Wednesday, it might have been Thursday, when we were talking about the New Orleans Saints. I said, here, look, this is the typical Dennis Allen situation where they're going to build up some hope, beating the Panthers and the Giants in the Dome. They're going to go on the road and get blown out. Well, the score was 30-22, to but let's be honest, they got blown out. They were losing 30-7 to in the fourth quarter, got some garbage scores late to make it somewhat interesting and now you got the reports from Adam Schefter, in addition to Ian Rappaport, who are saying that Dennis Allen, for as much, you know, venom as the fans are spewing, for as much as they want this guy out, he's not even on the hot seat, bro. And look, you know people that have season tickets. I know people that have season tickets. And in general, we all know people who are Saints fans. There's a lot of apathy right now, bro. If they bring Dennis Allen back and don't make drastic roster changes or drastic personnel changes, which I don't think they could do because they don't have a whole lot of cap flexibility, next year we're going to see a lot of one of two things, either A, an empty dome, or B, a dome that's going to be filled with visiting fans because season ticket holders are going to sell their stuff on stuff up.
6: <laughs> you are you are correct, man. You are correct. The, the one thing... The one thing that's crazy about St. season tickets, and uh, you know, this isn't coming from someone with experience, I don't have them, but I know a bunch of people that have them. And I know at one time, it, maybe it could still be the case, there was like a waiting list to be on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm sure you've heard about this. Like it was, you'd put your name in the hat and hope for something to pop up. Hope for some family to just have enough. You know, you don't wish any tragedy. You don't wish people die or have, you know, financial issues. But you hope for whatever, you know, man, I I just hope a set of two somewhere in the dome pop up. And this has been going on since the the very beginning of the Drew Brees years. Um, That the only thing I could think that would be their saving grace is people who held out for... So long, not on purpose, they were really they were held out by the organization for so long because there was just simply no room in the Dome. The only thing that's going to keep them coming back is they don't want to lose that spot if a major change does happen in the next couple of years. You know, what if they actually get rid of Dennis Allen? You know, Derek Carr gets traded or gets cut or something happens. He's gone. Now all of a sudden we bring Jaden Daniels in or whoever, some highly touted QB from the draft or maybe even next year's draft, and all of a sudden the Saints are on fire again. Well, you just dumped your tickets that you were on a five-year waiting list for and you just secured them during the horrible Andy Dalton year last year. And now it's like, well, man, what do I do now? This could be another – if I dump them now and they figure it out, and then two years from now, you know, it's a waiting list again and I gotta wait another three to get back in the don't you know, that that to me that's probably the only saving grace. But I'll tell you, from my personal opinion, if it was me, if it was me spending Taylor Griffin's hard earned money investing in Saint Season tickets, I'm pulling the plug, man. If I'm going there strictly for pleasure, like it's it's not, it's not worth it. When, when the Saints figure it out, I'll figure it out two, three years from now. We'll figure it out together. But if it's me, my decision, I'm just going for pleasure right now as a fan, I'm pulling the plug. You know, if I had a business, if, you know, I was a multimillionaire and I had a suite, you know, I'm probably keeping it, you know, because you can entertain clients, you can entertain visiting fans, you can do whatever. There's always something there, you know, that'll be another saving grace. But man, if it's just me, just my personal tickets for fun, I'm pulling the plug. I'm trying to sell the rest of my tickets for this year already. And I'm not going back next year. That's that's how frustrated I am, you know, as a fan who just watches the face because I enjoy the same.
0: You know what's hey, crazy? And I talk about this often here on this show and then also when I'm just watching games with friends or whatever. Uh, and it, we'll shift over and talk about this with the New Orleans Pelicans, but it really is is more of a problem in all of sports. Last night, the Pelicans had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter, blew it, lost at home in overtime. Uh, for the second time in like four games, they lose a big lead to Memphis and blow it and, and lose to the Grizzlies. Why is it, bro? And you coached for a long time, and you know you certainly have been a student of the game for the entire the entirety of your life. And why is it that when teams get up late in games – they just completely abandoned what it was that they were doing They got them the lead to begin with. New Orleans is famous for getting a 10-11 point lead and then the whole fourth quarter is spent watching the shot clock drain away and shooting a bad shot with one on the clock and not scoring, giving up a long rebound, letting the other team go in transition. Look, we see it in football too. How often do we see a team up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? You haven't gotten burned deep all game but we shift to this prevent defense to avoid getting burnt deep you give up underneath throws and you blow your lead why is it that coaches are fascinated with changing everything that was working late in the game and most of the times losing your lead and maybe even the game as a byproduct of it
6: man it's um something something happens mentally i think it's a case i think it's it's mostly a case I want you to really dig deep and think about who you've seen this happen to. Um, It's mostly, I think, I I could be wrong, but just what's jogging my memory now, my theory on the whole situation is I feel like it's mostly a case of coaches who've never been there before, who, you know, they're not sure how to handle the big lead, the comfortable lead, at that point in the game. You know, the true underdog coaches who are used to playing from behind, who are used to trying to do more with less, who are used to firing the team up and winning the majority of the game on emotions alone before we even talk about execution and talent because you're used to always coaching the less talented bunch. You're used to always coaching the underdogs, the come-from-behind guys. That when you find yourself... In that dominant situation, which worked all game, you, you, it, it's kind of a panic thing, <clears throat> and it's not to call anyone out or insult them because look, I'm guilty of it. I've been there. I think it's a, uh, oh man, what do we do to hold on to this? Look, everyone, everyone, calm down. Everyone, calm down. Everyone, just, just, just hold on. Just be safe. Be smart. And. You know, you don't want players to to back you, obviously. You want them to respect you, but maybe sometimes that's the situation where the players, Hey coach, we good. We good. We got this. We're gonna keep doing what we're doing. It got us here, we're gonna finish strong. And I, I think I think it's just too much of a case of playing to not lose instead of playing to win and that, that's that's what happens. It bites you in the butt and it uh it ends up costing you some games sometimes it's uh you know some coaches as awesome as they are as people as awesome as they are as motivators as awesome as they are as teaching life lessons and getting you to overcome obstacles and doing all the cool intangible stuff all the behind the scenes stuff mentally that people don't think about that comes with coaching that comes with mentorship Sometimes these guys just don't know how to win from the beginning because they were always dealt that tough hand. They weren't, they weren't born with the silver spoon. They weren't just graced with an awesome team from the beginning. They're just so used to fight, 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 fight just to keep up, just to come from behind and hope to win at the end that they, they, don't, they don't know how to handle a dominant game from beginning to end. And that in itself is a very difficult adjustment for people to make, not just in coaching, but in all facets of life. I I firmly believe that that's that's what the case is.
0: Yeah, no, that's very well said. I never looked at it from that perspective, but it does make a whole lot of sense, bro. I don't know how plugged in you have been in the last couple of days, uh, but I did spend some time on Twitter over the holiday, had a little bit of downtime. And I saw a report that got a lot of wrestling fans uh, very, very excited. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was doing a Make-A-Wish, visiting with a young uh, boy, young girl, I don't remember oh, the gender of the kid, but who was sick. And after the Make-A-Wish meeting, um, the kid posted some pictures or something with The Rock, to which the, and, and they were posing the question like, you know, hey, Dwayne, hope to see you in the ring soon kind of thing to which he commented or maybe sent a text message, whatever, but it has since leaked out. Yeah, we'll be back sooner than what most people realize, LOL or something like that, Um, which has the firestorm being fired by wrestling fans who now think that The Rock will be coming back either at the Rumble or Mania. There's rumors he might go to Elimination Chamber in Australia to try to boost up that one. It feels like if The Rock's telling the truth here, and I don't know that he would lie to a -A Make-A-Wish kid, He's kind of tipped his hand that wrestling might be in the cards here as he said sooner rather than later.
6: Man, uh, you, you could you could be on to something here and what a what a horrible thing it would be if you were lying to <laughs> Um yeah, that that right there. You know what I could see. <clears throat> Last week you asked me, "Who Who's going to eliminate CM Punk? And I, I said it was L.A. Knight to keep his relevance. Um, now I'm not so sure. Now do you do you bring in The Rock to maybe do something a little sneaky? Maybe you bring in The Rock to, you know, make his presence known, and he ends up eliminating CM Punk some kind of way whether on purpose or not, and that reignites the fuel. That reignites CM Punk mad about the Rock you know beating him the last time the rock had a run here. Back in I believe it might have been twenty fourteen, I think it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Maybe it's maybe it's an unfinished business thing. Maybe that's a monumental WrestleMania match that no one was even expecting. Maybe the Rock's over the Roman Reigns thing. Who knows? Who knows? But if he says something like that sooner rather than later, and look, that's me throwing in a big wild card. That's a 1% chance thing. The other thing I could see, man, these guys love these foreign tours. They love going to places they've either never performed before or they hadn't performed in 20 years. Um, Shawn Michaels had always said he was retired forever for good, never again, but he went check out Saudi Arabia just because. And he came out in a god-awful match where, you know, three out of four guys got hurt in the Triple H versus Undertaker and Kane. You know, everyone wants to just forget that that happened, but it happened. Maybe The Rock comes back for the Elimination Chamber. Maybe finally finally The Rock has come back to Australia. Or maybe finally for the first time. I'm not sure what's,
7: what, his, what his
6: deal is there, but... Um, Maybe maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the ticket. You know, maybe The Rock makes his presence known at Elimination Chamber and sets up some feud, and he ends up actually getting in the ring for a real match at WrestleMania. I could very well see it happening, man. Uh, especially after what went on these last couple of days, and 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 I hope we're right. But but look, if not, um, this this is the last run. This is the last chance. It's the the age is catching up the the business is on fire right now as much as it ever was with all these guys involved like he's got to be he's got to know he's got to be smart enough to capitalize and and join right now instead of milking it for another year i think i think this is the last opportunity and i think he actually comes through
0: Dude, last night at Madison Square Garden, WWE had a sold-out house show, um, and CM Punk made his return to the ring, beating Dominic Mysterio. We could talk about CM Punk till the cows come home. We're super happy that he's back. Got a great response, great reaction, all that good stuff. But my question, I'm going to approach it from a different angle. How valuable has Dominic Mysterio been, bro? He is a guy who could, A, take an ass-whooping if he needs to, But, B, work well enough and, you know, is good enough as a heel to cheat his way to a win, and it's still believable. And, C, he's just a workhorse, dude. He's on Raw, he's on NXT, he's on SmackDown. Like, he works every single night. Like, he is one of the unsung MVPs in the entire company right now because, A, he's got that relevancy with the group behind him. B, the fans hate him, so they love watching him lose. And see, he's young as heck and can actually go and is willing to do the dirty work like he's one of the MVPs of the whole company, man.
6: And uh, I never thought of it that way, but that, that's an excellent point. And you, You're right. He's He is literally everywhere. He's wherever they need him to be. He, I'm sure backstage, you know, when the cameras are turned off, I'm sure everybody freaking loves the guy. Just with everything he brings to the business, everything he contributes, he's a good worker. He's a safe worker. He, he's believable no matter what you ask him to do. He, he gets crowd reactions. He, he gets, you know, just the real, not, not, not necessarily the real heat. Like we actually hate you and we wish you'd go away, but he gets some good, strong, some good old fashioned heat. Like, man, we, it, it, we respect what you're doing, but we hate you so much. Your, your, your personality, your, your in-ring personality, your persona—like the dude is doing his job 100% perfect. And you're right, man. He probably is the MVP right now. I don't know if they do, if they give Slammy awards out anymore or not, but he he is excellent at everything he does. You know, uh, definite tip of the cap. Uh, to uh, Dominic Mysterio for everything he brings for the business.
0: Last question before we let you go. By the time we chat next, it'll be the new year. Um, man, is LSU going to win their January 1st bowl game? They're taking on Wisconsin. No Jaden Daniels. The Tigers are still heavily favored. Will LSU get their 10th victory, brother?
6: I think they will. I think they will. Uh, and I think it will be, to anyone, worried you know, this isn't me bowing down to Nussmeier and saying he's a god and he's just as good, if not better, than Jada Daniels. I'm not saying that by any means, as much as some people who I can't understand for the life of me, some people would probably like me to sing. Um, That's not it. But I think Nussmeier is ready. I think he's better than people give him credit for. Uh, he's got an absolute canon. I think he'll surprise the people on his seat. I think he'll just be fine. And I see zero issue with with him just going out and dominating start to finish and just having having an awesome game. man I, I think uh, I think he'll be fine. I think the Tigers will be fine. I think they get their tenth win with with no issues, no bumps in the road, dominant from beginning to end.
0: You know, I, I agree, and I said I'd leave you with that, but I, I thought of something as you were speaking there. Kim Mulkey said after a recent LSU game, and I think this is cool as heck and I think it just goes to show, you know, hey, if you invest in something, it's going to pay off. Kim Mulkey said that she wants to in the future play a women's basketball game in Tiger Stadium and she wants to play Southern specifically and she wants to give all the proceeds to the game to Southern to help you know sustain their program. And she said that she's seen some internals you know surveys and different things be done that if they had a game in Tiger Stadium that they would do pretty damn close to selling it out. Could you imagine, dude, five, six years ago when the LSU women's basketball program was at the floor? Coach Caldwell or Coach Fargus, whatever you want to call it, was not doing well. The program, the gym was empty. To now flash forward to the present, and they're looking at maybe getting 100,000 people to a football stadium women's basketball game. My God, what a turnaround, bro. How cool would that be if they played in Death Valley, sold out the place, and packed 100,000 in for a women's basketball game?
6: That that would be that would be incredible. That would be so amazing to see. And uh, you know, we saw uh, Iowa have success with that. We saw Wisconsin uh, was it Wisconsin volleyball? Volleyball, Wisconsin yeah. Volleyball, yes. Yeah, uh, one of, one of them uh, had great success with that. Man, why not? Uh, Kim Mulkey is just the absolute peak of women's college basketball. Right now, with all her accomplishments, um, she's who you want to play for. She, and and look, she's good for the camera, she's good for the business, she's good for the women's game that continues to grow. If Kim Mulkey says jump, everyone asks how high. You know, this is, this would be great. And, you know, also what an awesome gesture for them to help out Southern right there. Their next-door neighbor in Baton Rouge, you know, help help with their athletic program, keep them alive, and that that would be that would be amazing, man. That'd be great for the women's game, good for the sport overall, good for the city of Baton Rouge, good good for everybody all around. And uh, plus, you know, you're gonna have a million people watching on TV too. It's it, it'll be it'll be great for everyone. Uh, I really hope they do come through and make that happen.
0: No doubt, brother. Look, man, we thank you so much for the time. Again, a, a merry late Christmas, but also a very uh happy early New Year to you and yours, brother. We look forward to chatting next week.
6: Yep, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Same to you and same to everyone listening. Merry Christmas, happy New Year. Go Tarps, and God bless America.
0: Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. We look forward to having him every Wednesday here on the show. Let's catch a break. It'll be our final break when we get back. Uh, I got to talk about the Pelicans, man. because what I saw last night. It was um, it was gross. It was disgusting. And uh, I got to offer some thoughts on that. It's play-by-play. One more segment to go here on KLEB. Season's greetings from A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agency. You keep us glowing and bright all
5: year round, and we look forward caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc. No Wake
2: Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie. But we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis outdoor apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive. In Metairie.
7: Hi, I'm Chad Boudreau, owner president of Joe Septic Contractors. One of the real joys of the holiday season is the opportunity to say thank you and to wish everyone a happy holiday and new year filled with wealth, happiness, and prosperity from the staff of Joe
1: Septic and the entire Boudreaux family.
4: Merry Christmas. Enjoy the presents under the tree, the people who put them there, and the extra spark of gratitude the season brings. Happy holidays from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
3: Happy Holidays from Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Join us for the Wrap Up the Year sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It is the December to remember, so get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck. Today at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, it's beginning to look a lot like savings.
8: No more mold, no more damage, no more outdated old bathroom, no more slipping and hurting, no more stress. Make your ordinary bathroom extraordinary for only $99 per month. New shower, new door, new tub, new wall, new anti-slip technology. Be stress-free. Call 800-770-5322. BCI Bath and Shower is made in America for the highest quality. Ask about our military and senior discounts. Your dream bathroom in as little as one day. First 50 colors save $1,500 on a never clear glass treated door. Call now for free premium color upgrades. 800-770-5322 call bci bath and shower the leader in bathroom remodeling be smart safe and stay a step ahead of inflation with our interest-free financing options call 800-770-5322 love your bathroom with free upgrades call 800-770-5322 that's 800-770-5322
0: One more segment to go here on play-by-play. Play. Hope everybody's enjoying their Wednesday, and I, I sincerely hope everybody's enjoying their holiday as well. Let's thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority located on Highway 3235 35, and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We thank them all so much for the support of the show, and uh, we look forward to having a really good 2024 here on play-by-play and we certainly hope that everybody continues to listen and we thank everybody so much for their continued support last night we had a glistening example right i'm often asked, oh man why don't you why don't you root for the local teams more with the saints there are some different things there (laughs) um I've already told the story of why I'm a Cowboys fan, whatever. But the, the the true story here involving the Pelicans is I want the Pelicans to do well. But I'm also not going to be fickle about it, right? I'm not going to be like some of the fans on social media who swear that it's rainbows and butterflies when it's poo-poo and pee-pee falling out of the sky. I want to root for the Pelicans. I want the Pelicans to be a team that I watch every single night, though it's near impossible to watch them every single night, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm also not going to lie to myself either. Last night, New Orleans had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and then just completely wilted. Last night, the Pelicans had a 20-plus point lead in the third quarter and then just completely wilted. And here's the dirty little secret because I see people on social media that are blaming a lot of things, right? And I don't think that enough people are blaming what the actual root of the problem is. I see see people blaming the officials. Oh, bro, if they wouldn't have called this foul, they wouldn't have called that foul, whatever it may be. There was some weird referee stuff that went on at the end of the game. I see people blaming officials. Get out of here with that. Were there some crazy calls at the end? Yeah, sure, but don't blow a 20-point lead. That's not the referee's fault. I see people blaming Willie Green. Hey, is Willie Green really the right guy in New Orleans? Maybe it's time to move on. You know, it's gotten stagnant, blah, 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 blah. Blew another 20-point lead. They've blown now, I think, six or seven double-digit leads this year. They're 17 and 14, kind of stuck in the middle, blah, 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 blah. I don't think Willie Green is the big person that we should be griping about here. I go more towards Trajan Langdon and David Griffin who are running the basketball operation side of things. Because how often do we hear when the conversation about the Pelicans starts, oh man, oh, this team has so much potential. If, if they could only just be healthy. If they could only just have everybody together. I've always scoffed and rolled my eyes at that logic and that idea because I've seen the team be 100% healthy before and I never thought it was a team that could even remotely compete for championships. Last night, you are at home against Memphis. You are healthy. Brandon Ingram is there. Zion Williamson is there. CJ McCollum is there. Valanciunas is there. Herb Jones is there. Trey Murphy's there. Alvarado's there. Your core is there. And you still found a way to gag away the game late. The Pelicans have an issue and it's a twofold issue. A, Zion Williamson refuses to be a dominant force. Refuses. He was 7 of 17 last night, 23 points, 11 rebounds. He was okay. But he was not the Zion Williamson that we saw against the Timberwolves on December 11th that scored 36 points on 13 of 17 shooting. Zion Williamson needs to embrace the fact that, hey, when I'm right, there ain't nobody that could stop me down low. Zion Williamson last shot 20 times in a game on November 24th against the Clippers, a game he dominated and a game that the Pelicans dominated. He has only shot 20 or more times twice all season. And the thing I see with New Orleans that drives me crazy, and they did it again last night, they have a patty cake offense. I call it a patty cake offense. Everybody gets a turn. Williamson had 17 shots. Ingram, 20 shots. Valanchunas, 14 shots. McCollum, 14 shots. As a team, yeah, it's okay to spread the ball out, right? It's okay to have multiple weapons. But at the end of the game, when it's time to go win, I'm getting the ball to Zion and I'm telling Zion, you run downhill and you make some layups and you draw some fouls and you create havoc. Instead, what we see is dribble, 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 pass, dribble, 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 pass, dribble, 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 pass. Oh crap, there's three on the shot clock. Give it to Ingram. Shoot a fadeaway 21 footer. No good. Let's go play defense at the other end. That was the entirety of the last four minutes of the game. They were not playing to beat Memphis. They were playing to beat the clock. And what happened was they stopped scoring, they stagnated, and the clock beat them. And then in overtime, it was too late. It, all the momentum was on Memphis' side and Memphis beats you. So that's my thing. People, oh, brother referees, oh, brother, David Griffin. Your roster is not good enough. Your three-man core of Williamson, Ingram, and McCollum is not good enough. I have been saying this since the last trade deadline that the Pelicans need to be honest with themselves and let themselves understand the fact that right now, as we are constructed, we are not as good as the best teams in the Western Conference. We're not as good as Denver. We're not as good as even Oklahoma City or the Clippers or Dallas or whoever. We're not as good as those teams are. So we should be willing to make a risky move in an attempt to try to climb the ladder further. What does that look like? Does that mean trading Jonas Valanciunas? I would be open to it if you could get a good offer. Does that mean trading CJ McCollum? Pelican fans get in a tizzy when I even suggest that. Why is that so far-fetched or ridiculous? He's 32 years old. He's not going to get better. He is now the best player that he's going to be for the next four or five years. He's going to slowly be on a downturn. Why wouldn't you want to get value there? Heaven forbid, does it mean you trade Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson's a great scorer. Doesn't play any defense. Now they take him out at the end of the game so that he doesn't have to play defense. He doesn't rebound. Six rebounds a game. The only thing he does for you is score. Could you maybe get a more versatile weapon there? Would you move Brandon Ingram? I would be open to the idea. Brandon Ingram, in my estimation, is not a winning player. I've said that many times here. He went to play with Team USA over the summer. He complained and whined and and moaned and groaned the entire summer. Oh, I don't fit in. This, This ain't for me. Being surrounded by winners and some of the best players in the world is not for you? Well, maybe, Mr. Ingram. that's why you've never been on a team that's won big before. Maybe that's why, despite the fact that you averaged 18.3 points per game your final season with the Lakers, the Lakers got much better the second they shipped your ass out the door and brought Anthony Davis in. The Lakers gave up a lot in the Anthony Davis trade. Josh Hart, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Pitt, they gave up a lot in that trade. But those guys got to New Orleans and didn't move the needle at all. Why? Because they're not needle-moving players. So if you're you're New Orleans, you got to be willing to shuffle the deck up a little bit. Because right now, what you're doing ain't good enough. You're 17 and 14. You can't play the, oh man, wait till we get healthy card because you've been healthy and you've lost three of your last four games. All of them at home. You blew a lead last Tuesday to Memphis. You blew a lead last night to Memphis. You lost to Houston. All at home. Oh, but wait, we're going to get healthy. and No, spare me that. That's crap. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And until this team embraces the idea that they're not good enough and gets comfortable making uncomfortable decisions, then nothing's going to change. You're going to have a team that's going to annually be on the bottom half of the playoff rung in the play in tournament, maybe sneaking in as the sixth seed and is going to lose in the first round over and over and over and over. You could replace the coach. You've done that. You got rid of Stan Van Gundy. You brought in, you know, the guy that you have now, Willie Green. You've tried all the different versions of the coach. You tried the players coach in Monty Williams, didn't work. You tried the hard-ass coach in Stan Van Gundy, didn't work. Now you got Green, who's kind of a mixture of both. It's not working. At some point, you got to look at the roster you built, be honest with yourself, and say the roster that we built is not good enough to win at the highest level. It's not. This team can't beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series. This team can't beat the Clippers in a seven-game series. This team can't beat the Wolves in a seven-game series. Because they're not good enough. And until they're willing to make uncomfortable locker room decisions in the name of getting their team better, they're going to be exactly what they are right now, which is a team that wins three in a row, loses three in a row, wins two, loses three, wins five, loses four, and just kind of hovers around in their pool and pond of mediocrity that they have been in for now the last several years. That's all for me today. Hope everybody has enjoyed themselves. Hope everybody's enjoyed the show. I'm going to watch Tulane. Best of luck to Tulane. They're just kicking off on ESPN right now. Yes, the Wave are playing a day game against Virginia Tech. Best of luck to the Wave. Hope everybody's enjoyed their day. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play. Love you guys. Have a joyous rest of the day. Can't wait for tomorrow. Adios.